I, I have a history of just saying like, I, I go off on like sports media all the time. And of course. Yeah. I mean, most of those guys have never cared. Oh no. <laughs> I had a lot of those like, like random people like will come into my like DMS or whatever and be like, I can't say anything publicly, but <laughs> I <heard laughs> like Blake Murphy used to do it all the time. Oh, that's hilarious. Nice. Cause like the flames, when the athletic came to Calgary, they, they just kept on hiring like all the old, Absolutely. old white guy that used to like work for the newspapers and i was just like oh yeah this is this is so different yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah i i definitely like didn't realize how bad it was being out in vancouver because like in vancouver they didn't hire the old newspaper guys like right. they hired botch mm -hmm. when botch's yeah. contract was up with uh with post media but like they hired the people they hired were like First, it was Halford and Bruff who had like long time. Um, I mean, like the diversity wasn't good, but but at least it was like um, it was different people. It was different yeah. people, a sort of different like outlook or whatever. And so I didn't realize like how bad it was in some other places. <laughs> it's. I mean, like yeah. this is the first year. Calgary used to have Jermaine Franklin for TSN, which was great. He yeah. was awesome, but he moved on to Toronto. But this is the first year where like the Athletic has someone that's like from the outside and and. Uh, TSN got uh, Salim, I think it's Valji. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and right. he's great. And they got Haley Saldian from Ottawa. To be oh, nice. The, yeah. the the athletic writer. Writer. So hmm. it's like, finally, there's like some decent writers and correspondents or whatever with the team. I'm just like, I'm so, it's a whole new world because it's like for years it's been. Makes it worse to follow a team when the coverage isn't good. Yeah. Well, like. People don't people don't think about it that much, but like when you're like local guy or whatever, like sucks. It makes you not want to watch yeah. the games or listen to them or whatever. Like, and I mean, like I'm obviously really noticing it now with uh, with like 650 being yeah. the only game in town. Yeah. It's like, oh, this already like sucks yeah. so much more. Um, even though like I don't even really listen to sports radio that much, other than no, just like you know, like I'll listen to like I just have people I like. And yeah, so like yeah. every once in a while, if yeah. I see Ferraro said something interesting, I'll listen to that. Or mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, you know, I, I listen to JD's show sometimes, not every week, but like, again, or like JD's hit on Halford and Brock. Yeah. Totally, I would always yeah. listen to his hit, Durant's hits, yeah. uh, and Ferraro's hits. And then sometimes listen to the full Halford and Brock in the morning. If I but just really had nothing else. Thinking about like how, like my dad, if he wants yeah. to listen to sports talk, which he loves to do, um, like his only option now is just to like turn on six fifty and hear, Sabolski be, be yeah. like people are too mean to Jim Benning like I'm like fuck that sucks <laughs> yeah. that sucks so much and it sucks so much for the old people who who like only listen to radio and are just like why is everybody always talking about people being mean on Twitter who gives a shit <laughs> I do have a soft spot for all those old guys who are mad that they can't tune into sports talk and listen to like Don Taylor yell about classic rock. Oh yeah. From absolutely. like noon to four o'clock. Like, yeah. Like, as much as I was like, that was a black hole for me. I would never listen to that, that period. Uh, like, there's a lot of sad guys out there. No, that was a really who don't, who don't know what a uh, rock musician's birthday it is today. That was really, a, <laughs> that was a really good, like busy box for, for like divorced like yeah. it really was yeah. like and i mean and it's funny and now they're all gonna have twitter accounts that are first name bunch of numbers uh, and they're gonna tell us their opinions absolutely no and uh, the, yeah exactly but the like my dad it's funny but like my dad peak like radio listening time to me was like 
in the car with my dad just post my parents' divorce. Like that was what we were listening <laughs> to. to sports radio all the time, right? Like wow. I think yeah. all the, sorry, go ahead. You no, know, it is like a good it is funny as it is, like we make fun of it or whatever, but like it is a nice um I think it is kind of a nice like community for lonely guys, you know, like it's, it's certainly better than, it's certainly better than becoming like a, a YouTube guy or something. Yeah, <laughs> or, before or... guys had uh, parasocial podcast relationships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this was, uh, uh, what BMAC Donnie in the mode walked so Roxy Fever could <laughs> run and shit on BMAC Donnie in the mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jax McDonald. With me, as always, Vyas Seren. And Elliot Hoyt. And uh, joining us today is our old friend, Neil. You may know him affectionately as Floob uh, through his work with the Scorch Stack or uh, by his Twitter handle, at It Looks Real. Neil, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I was going to mention the Scorch Stack, and then I forgot, so thank you for doing that. No worries. I'll give you a chance to plug it again at the end. I'm... Uh, I'm very excited about it. Actually. Uh, uh, Neil question your old name, Floob, uh, Twitter, don't listen to this. Um, I think you got banned or something. I don't know. Anyways, um, <laughs> I Maybe. keep thinking of like hack and lube flames well, legend. Is yeah. this related? Yeah, that is the joke. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay, great. Yeah. Because right. it was cool. book of lube, right? Yeah. So the, like yeah. when I first started on Twitter, it was because I had started a blog and I, and not good at naming things. So that was what I came up with. <laughs> That's not that and, bad. Uh, that I was like better that. than my first Twitter handle. My first Twitter handle was uh, Johnny underscore pierogi. So um, yeah, it's like you're, yeah. Just makes me hungry. My, my dad yeah. used to work at Mr. Lube for like 20 years. And yeah, I just, I just really got a kick out of learning about hack and lube. Yeah. So for mine, it was, it was one of those things where, because it was like all one word as my Twitter handle, people kept on seeing it as if it was like Irish. So it was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just got it. That's sometimes classic. You, gotta, you gotta lean into it sometimes. Absolutely. That's, um, that's similar to, uh, the old joke about Garrett hole being Gareth of the OHL. Cause everybody <laughs> always thought that his handle was Gareth OHL. <laughs> because he didn't like capitalize or anything but anyways um just to set the scene here a little bit it is a very 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 snowy uh valentine's day in victoria british columbia i assume it's just as snowy across the pond for you elliot yeah it's coming down yeah word um we're all stuck inside and um, as we should be we're yeah as, as we should be on this long weekend and we will be um in honor of Palentine's Day, as Neil called it, uh, catching up with some old friends. Um, but first, we should talk a little bit about the fact that uh, the Canucks were finally able to snack their uh, six-game losing streak against the Flames last night. Um, I know, Vias, you didn't watch that game. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I'd be curious, actually, to get the uh, the Flames' perspective on it from Neil. Um, are the Flames bad neil what, what what's going on with the flames i need to know <laughs> the short answer is maybe okay yeah they um so they have this guy jacob markstrom i don't know if you guys know him or not yeah yeah uh the they signed him in the off season um 
based on. He used to play for Florida, right? That's right. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen him since he was, I think, uh, in Sweden for the World Juniors. Fair. Um, Fair the book on that guy was that he he could he could take a lot of pucks in a game and and keep going, and that's good. Because <laughs> I mean, huge that's upgrade, right? Happening a lot. Well, okay. I I love David Redditch. I don't want to say anything bad about David Redditch, but he's one of our yes. fans, so it's a smart. Uh, yeah, he's. So I was one of the guys that marked some signs for six years, six million dollars per or whatever it was, and I was like, "That's insane." Yeah, it's a guy who's like thirty years old who just had a breakout season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe they did not pay him enough. <laughs> like i know that like you guys all probably thought hey like he's not coming back he's gonna cost too much money uh, absolutely demko coming up i think you guys fucked up yeah i think i think so too i think you're right you can make that case now like we thought we like we thought we fucked up but you guys also fucked up yeah no that that ended up not being true we still uh, well, fucked up so uh, Books out on this one still. I also yeah. thought they fucked up on Tanev. Because <laughs> they're like, okay, yeah, he's definitely going to play on a pairing with Noah Hannafin. And I'm like, that's going to be a disaster. Yeah, that sounds, honestly, even as somebody who watched Chris Tanev for like literally all of my Since adult started. life. And uh, knows the ways in which he makes an impact, even if you don't really see it anywhere like including looking at underlying numbers and stuff even i would have been like yeah that sounds like it's gonna go horribly <laughs> and so four years it's there's still lots of time for that to happen yes yeah yeah uh and also noah hannafin i don't think has ever been this good so i'm not i'm not expecting that to count either so i guess to answer your question in a roundabout way we're back at maybe like the <laughs> the, <laughs> the flames have a lot of really good pieces that that push push the envelope and then they have a lot of anchors that get paired with all yeah. those pieces like in calgary i have to deal with it all the time every time someone wants to talk about how well milan lucic is playing which is more often Ooh. than you think yeah i just have to like look and be like oh well okay he's on a line with michael backland and andrew mangiapani so i wonder i wonder why he started playing good yeah mm. yeah and i think that that's that maybe plays a role a little bit with uh Hannafin in the sense that like because Hannafin's always like Hannafin's never been bad right he's just been kind of like mediocre um, yeah and certainly like didn't live up to his like draft slot or whatever but from from what I remember it, it was always sort of like it was sort of like the Tyler Myers kind of thing where it's like not terrible offensively kind of scary defensively yeah. And I have to wonder if Chris Tanev is making an impact there, considering that now all of a sudden Quinn Hughes continuing to be a point a game defenseman, but her, all of a sudden horrific defensively after being pretty good last year. I have to think that maybe, maybe there is some sort of weird like voodoo thing that Chris Tanev does that just doesn't really show up like in traditional and even like non-traditional uh methods of of analysis or whatever he he makes me feel stupid yeah i hear that <laughs> i hear that well i mean i, don't mean I am but <laughs> with, <laughs> to see it presented in such a way is really disheartening i think the thing with, with those deals to um to tanov and markstrom like 
when they signed them, I definitely was like, okay, glad I didn't sign that in terms of like the long-term effects, which I still think like with both of them are probably going to be pretty ugly. Now, anytime you sign a goalie for six years at that age, you don't actually expect them to be good through the entire contract. You're betting on them being good through the first four and then being like, kind of an anchor in the last couple and yeah. you just hope that like he can he can be a backup and like not be terrible so like i'm starting to think that the markstrom thing might actually work out in a relative sense i do think like at least that last year of tanev's contract is probably going to look really ugly but i mean but there's a solid chance tanev will just get hurt and then he'll be on ltir and i know that's not as good as cap space but yeah no it's true it might not hurt them too much that that might have been even part of their thinking behind it honestly <laughs> but uh like how have you um just like from like a fan perspective have you enjoyed watching them or is it more just like yeah well they're helping us win so kind of depends on what period of the game it's in <laughs> fair yeah <laughs> like the game last night like uh what after the first period the shots were like okay yeah what three or so what that happened has, that that has happened like almost every game this year that's really? wild because they were it's controlling insane. they were controlling play like for the like first game last year right yeah, well yes and no i mean like more I'm, so the year before yeah i'm saying i say like you know reasonably well but i say i say that in comparison to the team that i follow which has been like bottom eight nine in the league for literally like seven years <laughs> so anytime i see yeah. someone above vancouver i'm like well they're not that bad <laughs> <laughs> they must be doing something right it's a low bar to clear but uh, yeah yeah what about uh any takes on josh levo and that's another i, I wanted to mention him he's, he's low-key really good uh yeah that's right yeah, yeah. the results that's, are that's role. He, i mean they did they did scratch this is a thing that always happens and i just accept it now they scratched him for the game against edmonton so they could play zach ronaldo <sighs> for literally Two minutes. That Jesus. was his ice time. Uh, it's Edmonton, so it doesn't really matter in the end. But <laughs> did he did he get the video treatment at the Canucks game? Do you guys remember or the the game one? Levo. Yeah. Well, he got the video tribute like the other night with the... a separate one. No, he got the he got the like oh, with with Tanev with, and, and Markstrom. Uh, Tanev and Markstrom, which was like a big um yeah big talking point in the market that I think is really stupid because it's just like how are you supposed to do a video tribute in an arena with no fans? And yeah, people are like oh it wasn't good enough, and it's like well yeah of course it wasn't good enough. There were no fans in the building. Wouldn't it have been weirder to not include him? Yeah, it would have been like it's three. Yeah, it's like how they didn't include Louis Dominga. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. true gonna, yeah uh, i'll i'll ask i want to ask uh you know how he's doing after. yeah how's, how's louis doing <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fans have been asking all our replies are asking <laughs> ask about louis the only thing i can say about louis Domingue, i don't you guys probably didn't see I, have you seen his mask no no he no, no. uh <laughs> it it creeps me out so much it's, it's a it's one of those masks where it's a picture of his kids but um, oh, it's dra- an Incredibles uh, mask. The Incredibles, yeah. And I, I, I don't <laughs> want to be the guy that goes in on a guy's kids, but I want to go in on this guy's kids. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Are you, do you guys see it? I'm gonna send it to our yeah. little chat. Send it quick. to the send it to the Twitter chat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bar it down is, article. It is the most jarring thing I've ever seen. And the second I saw it, I was like, I I never want to see Louis Domingue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one sec. Oh, geez, this looks like ass. <laughs> Fuck me. Wow. So this is a, a thing we had to deal. One of the many things we had to deal with Calgary <laughs> when Mike Smith was on the team. Oh yeah. Uh, out of all the things that he did that was really bad, the worst was he kept on putting his kids on his mask. And his kids look like the kind of kids that you see like in a horror movie where their eyes oh. are glowing. Have, like, <laughs> <laughs> but this one gives it a run for its money. Yeah, that's not yeah, great. I, I thought can't... you were going to say the mask had ears on it. Um, <laughs> That'd be but, better. I, like, I, yeah, this, this might actually be worse. Honestly. This is significantly worse. This is the hot take. This is the worst uh, new goalie yeah. mask. Of I think season. it's one of the worst masks I've ever seen. Yeah, it's <laughs> it just makes me feel bad looking at it. And like, if I'm his kids, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, do you? I don't. Do you not love me? Like, what? This is, this is do hilarious. I need to be on this mask? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the Louis Deming update. All right. How about Marty Jelena? How's he doing? <laughs> we we miss him too. He uh, he, looks, <laughs> he looks better now than he did when he was a player. I think he's 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 very handsome. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait. Is he coach now? Yeah. He's he's been a coach for the Flames for for years now. That's right. Yeah. Oh shit. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I mean, fair enough. I guess it makes sense that you. Yeah. Some some of us are still salty about that. I know I am. I'm that's, watching the fucking game right now. <laughs> that's one of the classic. Uh, that's one of the classic like dumbass uh canucks moves but i actually feel i don't know i always feel uh, this weird sort of like the flames always feel like kindred spirits to me in a weird way yeah. even though the canucks are like supposed to be like see i i'm with you on that right up until i remember that they won in 1989 yeah totally like, no, I like get... once yeah. i remember that i'm like oh fuck off fuck off you guys no, but, I... <laughs> but now like die. i realized die. as a as a as a franchise like sure but like just in terms of like how uh how things have gone over the past you know decade or so um yeah like there's yeah. a lot of sim- yeah there's a lot of similarities like i think like i don't know if he would be happy with me like publicizing <laughs> this but i'm going to anyways I was <laughs> that, having- that, this has gone well for you before right yeah absolutely <laughs> i uh i was having a conversation a, a bunch of us were having a conversation with uh, thomas drance a while ago where he compared the like current canucks core to the flames and was like Remember when, like, five, six, seven years ago, the Flames were, like, the new hotness in the NHL? Yeah. And yeah. Everybody loved them, and everybody loved their core, and then they didn't do anything. And now, like, nobody talks about those players as being, like... Like, Johnny Gaudreau is still one of the best players in the league, but, like, no one talks about him anymore. Mm-hmm. Really. No. Everybody knew how old Sam Bennett was. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it felt forced down our throats in 2015. Forced down your throats. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's another question for you, Neil. Are you excited for uh, this, the inevitable Sam Bennett, Jake Bertanen trade? Oh, I, if you just said Sam Bennett trade, I would have said yes, but now. <laughs> now okay, I see, bad. I think the problem with that potential trade is that like, like here, Jake would be at home because he played with the Hitmen for so long. Yeah. That like yeah. he must still have skeletons there. Absolutely. Like he, he must know the bad the skeletons will be worse because he was a teenager. Yeah. So I think it's potentially more dangerous to be honest. Like he just yeah. rolls into town and a bunch of people he's wrong. They're just waiting for him at the airport. To... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. <laughs> absolutely. 
Um, I, I guess I don't know. I it pains me to say it, but like Jake Vertanen is actually a better player than Sam Bennett. So um, <laughs> really, really, like, like barely. But yeah, it's... I I honestly think you. I, I mean, so I haven't watched Sam Bennett as much as I've watched Jake Vertanen. But like you can definitely make the like statistical numerical case for that. Yes. Um, I feel like uh, Sam Bennett is smarter than Jake Vertanen and is thus perhaps like more moldable by a good coach like Travis Green and could maybe like, like I, I, I actually do sort of think it's a trade that would make sense for, for both teams in a way, because like Jake Vertanen could go, uh, play in like a bottom six role in in Calgary with like players who drive play and are smart so he can just be stupid and fast and like shoot from everywhere and score like 15 goals or whatever and it would be fine yeah. and then by the same token like the Canucks could kind of use like another center that's not um well like Jay Beagle <laughs> and I know he's like not good but he would be an improvement over I think like probably all the centers in the Canucks bottom six right now, except for like Adam Goddett, maybe. I don't I don't know about that one for you. <laughs> Stan Bennett Stan Bennett is not a center anymore. He's not an NHL centerman. He he really? hasn't played center. No, he he plays the wing. He doesn't play center. Really? Like, uh everybody that was actually one of the big uh I guess issues leading to the the trade requests speculation or rumors, okay, whatever yeah. this year. They they had given him the chance, like they asked him this year what he wanted to play on center or the wing. And he said center and then I guess Allegedly, he had decided to go back to wing because it wasn't working. He's just not an NHL centerman. He hasn't <laughs> never his entire time in the NHL. He's never really played in like an effective the, center. Damn. Well, not I, even like effectively, just like at just all. Barely like, he's even been on the wing. It he, is weird the way like the relationship that like the NHL has with centers who don't really who are like basically wingers. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I keep thinking like, about Pedersen during this conversation. Well, yeah, like Pedersen's yeah. not. A center really like he and in in our um in in vancouver or whatever like he's talked about as a center because like he sort of plays that role when play is happening but like he doesn't take the face-offs on his line jt miller does that and like that's sort of a weird example because because like Vancouver does a weird thing with that line that like you don't see very often, at least to the best of my knowledge. But like, it, it's always so bizarre to me that like there are so many players that are listed as centers that basically never play center. And unless you like really kept a close eye on them, you wouldn't really. Yeah. Like I have no idea how to discern that, to be honest. Uh, I don't, I, I don't I don't see players playing in their positions often or like I don't see when they're out of position unless it's Tyler Myers. Uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah, like when when you guys told me about Patterson, I was like, I didn't even notice he doesn't take the face offs. Like, yeah, no, I watched I, these games all my life and I, I don't even notice. I it. only really know that because it was like a talking point. Like, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm like blowing my, up my spot a little bit here or whatever. But like when I'm watching hockey games, like I don't know who the players are a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Like I'm watching at home on my TV. My eyesight's not great. Mm-hmm. I usually find out like who did something after they did it. I don't know. Yeah. Like there are some guys like Hoaglander. I always know because yeah. he's just he, so he notable. makes, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Patterson's the same thing, but like, I don't know. Myers if I would... is the same thing, but in the other direction. 
But like I, I often mix up Besser and J- and and JT Miller Absolutely. unless yeah. I can see their hair. Totally. I always notice Myers. Yeah, <laughs> How could yeah, you not? We, we, we do. <laughs> just, he looks like the Toys R Us giraffe. And, <laughs> and he's always not where he should be. So I um I also wanted to ask about a few of my favorite little like hobby horse uh flames players. I don't know how many of the listeners will be that interested in this, but all if of you'll, them. If you'll humor me for for a moment, um the three guys I wanted to ask about in uh order of how much I care about them because of uh like local affiliations are uh Matthew Phillips, Dylan Dubé, and uh Andrew Mangiapani. But I think We'll start with Mangiapane because he is like the most um, notable of those guys, I guess. Or maybe Dubé is more notable. Like who who are people talking about in terms of like the young guns uh, in the in the Calgary blogosphere? It's Mangiapane. If you see anyone in Calgary talking about bread or trying to do like a yeah. fake Italian accent, they're yes. talking about Andrew Mangiapane. <laughs> yes, yes. Myself included. I'm not. I'm not oh, no. How could you not? I mean, it would be. It would be so much. It like it rocks that there's a guy whose name on your team is eat, eat bread. bread. Yes, and I, I get distra- Yeah, I get distracted whenever the camera's on him. Like even even though I know he's doing amazing things, it seems like like I just think about his name the whole time. Oh yeah, he's great, and yeah, it's the name fitting of a player that good. Absolutely, yeah. Like he. So, what kind of role does he play for the Flames? Like he's a bottom six center. Is that? Uh, well, no, he's not a center. He's a winger. He's a winger. Um, okay, yeah. I always get them. Dubé is the one that is sort of a tweener. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I get. But him he also Mangiapani plays the wing more than. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mangiapane is uh, great. That's the the main thing. That's <laughs> the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's probably the best forward on the team right now. No outside, way. outside of maybe maybe Elias Lindholm, which is strange to say, but uh, yeah, he he does everything. Like he's been on ever since the they traded uh, Michael Froelich, He's been sort of the mainstay on Michael Backlund's wing, and the two of them together just they do everything. They they play all over the ice and they do it well. And um, yeah, I think he's he's one of those guys that. I think people are starting to know him a lot more, but uh, he's been he's been really good pretty much the entire time he's been in Calgary. He's you know you look at if you go and like look at his numbers, like all the underlying numbers, they they jump out at you. They're they're better than you would think they would be, especially on a team that has struggled to control play um, at, right. at times, certainly in the past like few years. Um, another similarity that I was just thinking about like before we started the show, and I was doing some. Um, some like reading or whatever is uh, how like the flames, particularly in that like era, mid 2010s were really, really good at getting players like in the, in the later rounds in the draft. And when I say like really good at getting players, I don't necessarily mean that like every player they took was, was great by, by any means, but just like if you get an, if you get an NHL player in the second or third round, uh that's good like even if even if it even if they're not like a fantastic player and obviously when they're as good as Mangiapane is like that's uh that's very noticeable but if you look at like if you look at those two years 2015 and 2016 the flames like really came out well because in 2015 they only had four picks and three of them were Rasmus Anderson Oliver Shillington and Andre uh, Andrew Mangiapane. Yeah, and the first rounder they didn't have because that was the year they traded for Dougie Hamilton. 
Yeah, that's right. And yeah, 2015 was the best NHL draft of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and then the next year they get obviously Matthew Kachuk in the first round, which like, Pretty good. I mean, it, I, I don't know how much I can like credit them for making that pick because like he shouldn't have been there. <laughs> so I, uh, I, so this is like the greatest shame of my life going, <laughs> going okay, into okay. that draft. I was like, do not draft Matthew Kachuk. Wow. I, <laughs> I thought like, cause he was, whatever team it was in the OHL, he was on a line with Mitch Marner and uh, Christian Dvorak. Christian Dvorak. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they were like, that was like the best line in, in what the a nights, right? Yeah. That's right. Nights. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so he's probably pretty good, but like how much of his success is tied to those other two guys? That was a really popular talking point too at the time. Uh, we're not the only person who thought that. So I was, <laughs> it's really embarrassing to say this now. The guy I really wanted them to get was Alex Nylander. Cause Ooh, he, yeah. Yeah. He was his like his numbers were like way down, but he was like the only guy on his team that was doing anything. So I kind of mm. thought, well, he doesn't really, he's not going to have a lot of help. So we should get a guy that can do things on his own. Yeah, we've all we've all been there though. Like I was a I was a Nachushkin guy. I didn't like the Horvat pick. Um, sure. Yeah, I like him uh, too. And uh, yeah, I mean. I actually like not to toot my own horn or whatever, because I never, I never ended up publicizing it, but I remember during that draft, I was like, how come everybody says this about Matthew Kachuk, but no one says it about Ole Levy, who mm. like, yeah, who also plays most of his minutes with those guys is passing the puck up to them and still oh, yeah, only he has on that team too, wasn't yeah, he? And yeah. He still only yeah. has like 40 points in 60 games. Like that seems also really concerning. And I was like, I wasn't super sold on Matt Kachuk, but I was like, I'm sure he'll be good. You know, that was kind of always my thing with, uh, with him, like, and Brady, I was not as bullish on them as I should have been. And especially Brady, but like, I was always like, they'll be good. If somebody picks them, like, They'll they'll be like second line wingers. They might not be first line, but whatever. But uh, I, in retrospect, I always thought it was funny that like that like so many people were just down with Ole Ulevi as a top ten pick, even though like his numbers weren't that good, and he played on this fantastic team. And like the funniest thing is that people would like always say, "Oh, you know, uh, Ole Ulevi, like you can't blame him because he's been saddled with uh, babysitting like." a worse partner. And then that partner ended up being Evan Bouchard who <laughs> went like top 10 to the Oilers. <laughs> and then uh, like Victor Mete was also on that team. And he was like the second pairing defender. And like Mete has actually played in the NHL. <laughs> Ole played like three NHL games. Um, it's pretty funny in retrospect, but. Um, it's good on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He was good on Saturday. Um but then again, everyone looked good on Saturday, so that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to look good when you let the other team only, or when the other team only takes eight shots in the first two periods, or whatever. But um, what about uh, two guys? Two guys that I remember um, watching a ton of in the WHL around like 2016: um, Dylan Dubé and Matthew Phillips. I know Dubé is on the team right now, so I guess we'll yeah. we'll move on to him. Um, I remember he was like a little firecracker when he played for the Rockets and he scored a really, really nice uh, overtime goal team. against, uh, yeah, against the, <laughs> uh, against the Royals in one of the games that I went to. Um, he's developed. He, I take it. He's developed into a pretty good player. 
he has i want to i want to compliment vias for that joke that was really good that was very Thank good you. yeah i uh i don't want to be um the jane Burke of this show where i just <laughs> no you're nice to vias i don't well he it's uh, valentine's day boys so I don't need legal representation at this time, but <laughs> if I ever do. You can't rule it out. Yeah. What kind of yeah. representation could we get from JD? Oh yeah. I do, just one. to finish that thought, I wanted to um I wanted to just read out the remaining remaining picks from the 2016 draft because it was fucking amazing. Mm. Uh Matthew Kachuk, Tyler Parsons, Dylan Dubé, Adam Fox, Linus Lindstrom, Mitchell Matson, E2 Tulola. Matthew Phillips and Stephen Falkowski. And like, I think the worst player of that group is like a point per game player in the ECHL right now. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of them are NHLers. Adam Fox, obviously, like, yeah, that didn't work out, but he, like, um, you know, like, I mean, I know the Dougie Hamilton trade probably still stings, but like, it's, it's not the, end of the world when you still have Elias Lindholm and, uh, on your team and like, you know, Michael Furland turned into a like bag. Right. So yeah, like, it the, worked out pretty decently. The Fox part of that trade was always pretty maddening because he was basically just thrown in. Like he didn't need to be part of that. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I know. It's he true. was never going to sign with the Flames, but they could have gotten a lot more for him than they did. Yeah, wow. you'd think so. Um, but the, the, the drafting speaks for itself. Like, yeah, uh, you know, in Calgary, we have we have our issues with uh, with Brad Tree Living. He's 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 good at a lot of things and and terrible at a lot of other things. But I will never complain about the drafting. That's for sure. He's done a really good job. Even mm. even the past couple of drafts, like you know, no crystal ball or anything. But like some of the guys they picked up, they look they look really good. Yeah, they did. They, they, looks really good. Uh, Connor's Larry, I think, is great. So. Absolutely. Yeah, they seem to do like a good job just finding players, which is the biggest thing that. Yeah, I think so. Like. I don't want to speak to what their strategy is, but um, my strategy, if I were a GM is like in the later rounds, you just find all the guys that score a ton that haven't been picked yet. And that's kind of what they do. Yeah. That's, that's the why, best way to do it. Literally. That's why Mangiapani is a flame. That's why Matthew Phillips, like you mentioned is a flame. Like they, they're in the sixth round and they're like 50 goal scorers in junior. Like the, the Reese Jessup method. Take the shot. Yeah. So you guys have mentioned a lot of WHL players and I feel like the Canucks have kind of a tradition of ignoring the WHL. So do the Flames just do a way better job at that? I think um, Calgary being like the, this is a theory I've had for a long time. Calgary being like the, the, the stampede city, the, the sort of like the embodiment of what it is to be like the West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they really embrace the WHL for better and for worse. I think uh, the, I think that corn fed fed prairie boy is sort of like the ideal <laughs> player in, to to a fault sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, right. So I think WHL players, you know, all the all the Bradens and and the Jadens out there that are <laughs> six foot four and skate like a cruise liner, those are the <laughs> guys that that players tend to, uh, uh, Calgary tends to love those kind of guys. So. Um, I don't mean like the team itself. I mean, sort of like city. Yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. Get excited for them. Yeah. It does kind of start to seep into the culture after a while. And it's, it's not like, obviously the, it's not the, the main consideration that, uh, that GMs are thinking about when they're drafting or scouts are, but like, it definitely plays a role. I'm sure. There I think are... like you have to appease ownership and I think exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Flames own Murray Edwards, the guy that owns the Flames. He he moved to London, so I don't know if he can claim to be like the oh 
the heart of the true West anymore. But that was just because he wants to pay lower taxes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Could, could I ask about that? So I'm thinking, I don't know anything about the Flames in terms of like where their window is, what people think about where management versus ownership is like, because like we're stuck in our own in our own stuff. But I'm just wondering what the compare comparison there is. So this guy lives in London. Yeah. Does, like how much of an influence day to day does he have on the team? Like do, do fans talk about that? Like, no, not really. Um, it used to be kind of a thing, but that was when the team was much worse and there was no, this is before like Gaudreau kind of came in and Mm -hmm. it was back when like the, the only real hope was uh, Sven Bauchi. (laughs) That's how long ago we're talking about now. That was (laughs) my dream is for the flames to, pick up Sven Berchi after his contract is up on like uh yeah mine too. I have a, a Berchi jersey that I absolutely <laughs> I would love I can't do anything with it just as a as a management and ownership and self-hating uh Canucks fan like I want so badly for the like Monaghan Goudreau Berchi line that everybody was fantasizing about in 2013 to finally become a thing I mean, um, so yeah uh, kind of going kind of tying those two yeah. thoughts together like I think the reason Sven Bereshi never worked out in Calgary was because he had a coach that just didn't like him. Yeah. That was Bob Hartley, who <laughs> was very much that old school play the big guys, you know, you'll skate past them, but they'll like elbow you on the way kind of players. You know, the guy, this is a guy that like he would, uh, he used to scratch Michael Backlund so that both yeah. Brian McGradden and Kevin Westgarth could get into a game. Jesus Christ. That's that's the that's the kind of team that we used to talk about, and that was that was when we used to hear more about. Oh, this is what ownership wants more than. That's right. generally how it tends to go too, because like, te- fans um, only give a shit about their ownership when the team. Those are the uh, I don't know if you if you guys know this guy. Those are the the John Wisebroad days of Calgary <laughs> Flames hockey. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Well, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Do you guys know anything about this guy? He uh, <laughs> he was a basketball guy, I guess, and uh, all of a sudden he was like the assistant general manager of a hockey team. Who did this guy kill, man? Who? <laughs> some some people for the DeVos family is the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, John Weisbrod is like... <sighs> the shadiest most, guy in the world. Absolutely. The, probably the most interesting... Sir, if not the most notable con man in the NHL, then certainly the most interesting. Uh, why? Like a four-part Netflix documentary on this guy someday, and I'm gonna hate watch all of it. Yeah, <laughs> why? Why doesn't anybody in like mainstream Canucks media talk about how shady he is? I only see it from like fringe accounts on, He's like on the Canucks Dick Twitter. Shady the team, isn't he? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just I'm just kind of surprised at this point that like like yeah I don't I don't think it's all Benning's fault I, and I, but that doesn't mean I don't I think it's all ownership's fault I this think is, a lot it's of it's so all... funny watching watching you guys go through this because it's the exact same thing that we went through in Calgary oh yeah okay let's talk about Jay, this. Jay <laughs> it, was, it was like for all intents and purposes the GM back in those days mm-hmm. like it was like the Flames drafted Mark Jankowski in the first round oh uh, some high school kid out of Quebec that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, but did he eat corn? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Well, no. I don't know. He was tall. Fair. All right, Viasti okay. threw me on. See, see, it's hard. I'm sorry. Times, right? <laughs> I just, you, you said Calgary likes corn-fed players. And I... Yeah, well, he wasn't one of them. <laughs> okay. 
he was tall, but he didn't hit anybody. So I don't think he, he would have been like a first line player if that were the case. But um, right. no, he yeah. So like they got him because John Weisbrot saw him play I think one time and liked the way he played. That's the story. I don't know. Like I'm sure that's like exaggerated. Story to is some he, degree, he but... walked in a snowstorm to watch him play or something, right? And then yeah, it was just so uh, blown away that yeah. I mean, the, John Weisbrot is such a such a weird guy because it it seems like his entire job in in hockey has just been to be really bad um and it it's it's kind of weird that he like made his he sort of made his name being the like hatchet man for um for the devos family in orlando with the magic and then like he's just you know jumped around from team to team since then just making the teams actively worse and for some reason he keeps getting hired and i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if there is like actually something shady going on there because it doesn't line up with like his ability at all the guy the guy's like completely useless like you look at his quote-unquote like signature moves everything with his fingerprints on it has been fucking terrible every organization he's been in i think it is time that we start planning a wise broad episode Oh I think, yeah, absolutely. I think we need yeah. we need to put like yeah, take out the magnifying glass. Um, Flube definitely. Um, we're gonna call on you for a lot of resources there. Yes. Um, if anyone can find any Orlando Solar Bears fans, oh. could, you know, give us some advice. <laughs> yes. Or Orlando Magic fans. Or or Magic fans. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna get some guy who's like only focused on Blackwater, but like has heard of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get Ken Klippenstein on or something. I don't yeah, know. Like, just to, to talk about John Wise. <laughs> so okay, that I just it just yeah. ends in him being investigated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, since this. my ADHD brain took us in a lot of different directions, there I did All just good. want to come back to uh, my boy. And your boy, Matthew Phillips, uh, former Victoria Royal. I know he he hasn't played in a regular season NHL game yet, but he looks like he's lighting up, lighting things up down in Stockton. Do you think he's going to get into a game at some point? Like he looks pretty good in the preseason. I I really want to see this kid play. (laughs) It's it's hard to say just with. I don't know how like with COVID and all that sort of stuff. I don't like it, it helps because the. The Flames minor league team is they they're playing their season in Calgary this year. So oh, that rocks, yeah. Uh, so I would say that yeah, he would him to me is like he's like the most like likely one to get called up in case of injury. Hmm. Uh, I think he would have been maybe not a regular in the lineup by now, but we would have seen him more. Except uh, last season, uh, season before last, he had suffered a pretty significant knee injury. Okay, yeah, and um, uh, yeah, I see that's so that's slowed him down. But uh, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt we'll see him this year, which I'm excited for. I think he's I think he's a tremendous player. Like I, since I've lived in Victoria, I've got to see him, you know, firsthand quite a bit, and it's uh, a pretty dynamic player. He's he's uh, another one of those like small guys that stick handles through everything, and uh, got a few of those now, so he's gonna fit right in. And fearless too. Like oh yeah, uh, he reminds me actually quite a lot of uh, Hoaglander. Like a, a small, fearless guy, like not as um, not like thick the way that Hoaglander no, is, and he, not like tough the way Hoaglander is, but he's uh, he's totally fearless. Goes to the front of the net. Um, yeah, he's like I see 
I see the exact same kind of player in Matthew Phillips that I see in Andrew Mangiapane, and that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like they were they were drafted uh, exactly in this exact same position, like one year apart, and they're both tiny guys. But uh, I think that's perfect because they seem like remarkably similar players to me, and that's only a good thing for Phillips. The guy, the guy can score, which is something the Flames need. So, uh, <laughs> and they're not getting that from the taxi squad. Yeah, the taxi squad is like again Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> God, can't believe that guy still has a job. I cannot believe that guy is still around. So I just remembered that um, we didn't talk about Vyasa's stunning victory um, oh, yeah. from the past weekend. Oh, we should we should we do should we save that for the end or should we do it now? We could. Uh, oh, yeah, we could save that for the end. Okay, great. Um, I, I also have like 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 silly things to ask about Flames Canuck stuff. Like hey. 2004, Bertuzzi. Sure. Um, Why, like, do all that at the end too, or because I think it sounds like. We're... Or should this be the transition to the Canucks? Maybe we'll uh, no, we, do it now because because I do kind of want to. I want the um, with the way I'm going to sign off. I I want the reading series to be fresh in people's minds. So okay, um, okay, yeah. You're not going to play Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to play a different song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't do it, obviously. I had debated, uh, like, signing on with that song. That would have been so funny. <laughs> that would have been, been, been really like, good. Yeah. So funny. Like, oh, God, there's just never a good time to play that song. Is Okay, so about that song, I forgot. I don't remember the names of songs very well. Oh, uh, yeah, the time so, of your right. life. So I called it the time of your life yeah, song. Yeah, that's what I did, too. And I forgot. Oh, my God, they're playing time of your life. Like, I thought it was just like, oh, this is just a lame song they play at, like, high school graduation. Not call, not that it's called Good Riddance. Like, I didn't yeah. understand how offensive well, it was. I mean, the thing is, yeah. is that people, people, like, people point that, point that out or whatever. But, like, so that's not the thing most people call it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think the, right. I think that I'm a Green Day super fan, so I can, I'm qualified to talk about this. Um, the, uh, I believe the <laughs> album version is called Good Riddance in brackets, time of, time of your, yeah, that, that's right. And then, yeah. but I, but, but I'm also of under the impression that like the single version, the radio version, playlist versions, like anywhere you will see this, it will be called either time of your life or time of your life in brackets, good riddance. Um, hmm. this is a thing that actually happens with songs like more often than people realize. Um, especially like it's not co very common anymore, but it was pretty common up until like about 2000 that like labels would just force you to, if you called a song, something that wasn't a lyric from the song or even a lyric from the core, like what the chorus was, hmm. they would like make you put that somewhere in the title. Um, okay. like in brackets or whatever. So that's definitely what happened with Green Day and Reprise. Like they, um, I think I even remember reading like they, yeah. they went to the label or whatever and they were like, yeah, and this song's called Good Riddance. And they were like, no, it's not. <laughs> like we can't, we can't sell a song that sounds like this. It's called it, Good Riddance. It, it that's, it, like that, that's crazy to think, right? Like if they had left it that way. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Probably wouldn't have played that song at the end of the life of. Yeah. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I think they played it though. Like the first thing that popped into my mind when they started playing it was that was like the song they played when Seinfeld ended. That's right. And I think yeah. that was like the, the really, were, I think that's what they were trying to go. Yeah. Cause like before the show ended, they had this like hour long, like cause Seinfeld was like the biggest show in the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
And like, so when it ended, they had like this like hour long retrospective on it or whatever before. Clip show. Yeah. Yeah. Clip show. Yeah, they had like the clip show with the framing device of them getting arrested yeah, and then, for violating yeah. the Good Samaritan law. Exactly. Well, no, then, those are those are two different episodes. So there there's was the, one that wasn't the episode. It was so just a clip show. There's and the also did the episode. Oh yeah, but the trial has like all the callbacks to everything yes. else. Yes. There's okay. the finale, which is the yeah. which is the courtroom the trial. Yeah. And then, oh, okay. but yeah. the real last episode of Seinfeld is a one hour shows bloopers yeah like with some with yeah with some other stuff some bloopers and i feel like even maybe like a couple of very brief talking heads yeah and then there was yeah. like they did like a curtain call with like green bay playing at the end of it exactly yeah and that's and I, I think, think that's, that's what they were trying to do for 1040 absolutely or like it's all the tsn stations and and that's why it gets played at like graduations and stuff too but the hmm. thing that people don't get about it is that it's sarcastic yeah it's a fucking song yeah. about it's a breakup song it's somebody it's a kiss off song it's like it's like, yeah, I guess we had some good times. Too bad you, you know, it's like not that far off from like Fancy Clown by Mad Villain. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's, it's wow, totally a, like, a, a oh, it's a, it's a shame that you like, yeah, suck this other guy off in the hallway. <laughs> like, I hope you had the time of your life. Like, <laughs> Even if you take it at face value, though, it's pretty callous. Like, just oh, like, absolutely, imagine yeah. being like, oh, uh, we hope you had the time of your life at this job you're working at where you found out 20 minutes ago that you were getting fired by yeah. the way you're fired yeah. yeah 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 like who would have been the person in charge of playing that song if they fired everybody it's not a local producer right no because i think they did that on on all three stations oh okay. i believe you're okay. correct yeah okay yeah. so it's where they started really whatever fun. spotify playlist they were basically using <laughs> yeah <sighs> okay, um, okay I, well, I have i have like really quick lightning questions yeah perfect okay uh flube uh Okay, one from Ryan at Ryan North Pole. Since Marty Jelena should have scored the cup winning goal, but Joel Otto kicked it in 1989, does that kind of even out? Uh, no. Okay. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite poster from the Calpuck forums circa 2004? Oh, fuck. None of them. Calpuck <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> okay. I, so I know you guys talk about like our Canucks and stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. Calpuck's kind of the same deal. Totally. It's all the guys that like, you know, they all work in a cubicle together and like, or work on their regs or, you know, are divorced and all. It's the same. It's, <laughs> it's posting energy all the way through. It's, it's an awful place. Oh, yeah. Uh, will the Flames make an offer to Edler next year? <laughs> they, I think they'll trade for him this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the feeling around Nahid Nenshi, the mayor? Uh, does the team still hate him with the fiery passion or? Has the deal one of No, Ken King died, so I think Nenshi's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, Nenshi. I don't know. He Nenshi. Nenshi did like a serious heel turn. He was he was cool for the longest time. Yeah. He like he was always a he was always opposed to like public funding for an arena. Mm-hmm. He was opposed to the team or not the team the city going for the Olympics, and then on like both of those things, he just did a complete one eighty. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was it was really disheartening. Like when I lived in Calgary. I, I definitely voted for him a couple of times and like, mm. I don't think I would have, I probably still would have cause the, the alternative was Bill Smith who was like complete right wing nut job. Yeah, but totally. The flames actually, <laughs> that was the guy the flames stories. wanted. There's like, yeah, I bet. there's, there was like ads in the saddle dome for like Bill Smith for mayor <laughs> during wow. the election. Cause they were like, that's the guy, like if they want an arena that the city is going to pay for, that's the guy we need. And okay. then it turns out she was the guy anyway. So they already got, an entire city's supply worth of flu vaccines. Now they want a fucking arena as well. Like, come on. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Uh, what is the next arena going to be shaped like? Uh, it's got to be... They had the saddle, so I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like a spur. A like a boot spur. spur. Horseshoe, a, maybe? I was thinking a boot, because you could put like the arena in like the shoe of the boot, and then you could build two towers next to it. That'd be like the uh, shank of the boot. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. The original plan. So the original arena they were going to have that they they didn't end up going with the plan, but it was going to be like the arena and like a, they call it like a field house, which I think is where like the Stampeders would have played. And like, it's like a big, like public facility for exercise or whatever. Right. And I think, uh, yeah, like a boot and a spur was sort of like, I think that would have worked out for that. Cause it's two separate buildings, but mm-hmm. they connected. So like the boot would be like the arena and the spur would be like the field house. Right. Okay. To me, I think they should have a huge barn. Like one one huge big red barn. It looks like a child should draw the design of it. I think that'd be cool. Okay. I, like that. I was thinking like a like I'm thinking of like the what was it the Roadhouse? Like Loft Barn? I don't I don't know Roadhouse. So in Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze is famous for being a bouncer. And that's not part of the story, but that's just like I like I love saying that part. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. But he like it is how, he moves to this town and he ends up living in a barn, but it's like the it's like a loft. It's oh a yeah, loft yeah, yeah. Floor of a barn. And it's like a hundred bucks a month. That which rocks. is that could be the skybox. But well, yeah. <laughs> that's someone's gonna fall to their death from that skybox, but I I'm already amazed that hasn't happened in Calgary with like the, they have to go through these like catwalks to get to like the, the broadcast booth and stuff. Jesus. Like, it's, it's pretty grim. Oof. Okay. Uh, last three quick ones. Uh, did you guys hate Oland in 2004? No. No. Okay. No, they, they don't, didn't even think about him. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, again, the bottom. Turn, Calgary turn, won the series. That turn was that it. one around on me. Fuck. All right. Uh, what That's was it like? Was it what was it like when Bertuzzi uh, was traded or signed to the Flames? It was weird. Uh, it's uh, he wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. He wasn't great either. I I have make no like actual bad memories of Bertuzzi in Calgary, even though there was probably some. Mm-hmm. One thing I really remember, I was at a game against Vancouver, and Vancouver won it in the shootout. Because Bertuzzi was the last one to go, and he did like this, like spin around move and hit the post on the long go. I remember this. <laughs> oh man, I was in I was in the building for that one. That's a We're, tough one. Like, was that even allowed? I don't. Uh, yeah, it that's the thing. I don't think then. it would count. No, I don't think yeah. it would. The, uh, the the rule in the shootout was always like the puck has to be in a continuous forward motion. It's yeah. a stupid rule. They used to, um, but Mason Raymond used to do the spinorama too. It, it, it's a weird thing where oh, like oh that's true he did they, it one yeah they let Three times they there was a weird like loophole where basically like eventually they they made a rule that that's like uh you can't you just can't do the spinorama anymore because there was a weird like there's 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 a weird thing where it would get allowed um and i don't know why so you might be right. It might not have been allowed, but it also might have been allowed because I can. Remember. I see if you recall, it wasn't supposed to be allowed, but technically it was, and then they fixed it. Yeah, yeah, okay, that sounds about right. Kind of felt like one of those because, like, that was when the shootout was like a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before it mm-hmm. was just like, oh fuck, now we have to do this. Mm-hmm. It would be like it would be the most NHL thing ever to like bog it down in semantics on like yeah. highlight real goals. Exactly. No, that's a yeah. yeah and I, I remember like people being pissed about it at the time. But that's so cool that he did that, though. It, that might have been like the first time he like one of the first few times he actually went up against Luongo after that trade, like our trade. Um, so 
Uh, okay, the last one is, are you aware of Jacob Markson's threat to the Calgary public health system? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not. You're not. No, no. What is this? Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll discuss this after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, because we still have a surprising amount of things to get to here, yeah. I'm going to um, just very quickly highlight a little story that uh, that we didn't get around to at the time, but that would be like it wouldn't be Roxy fever if we didn't just briefly take this like monumentally fantastic chance to shit on Canucks management um, because of a little article that uh, Ben Kuzma published in the Vancouver province exactly 10 days ago. So that's how long it's been since the, uh, the, the three of us have actually had a chance to talk about it, but it's um, while we're talking about, catching up with old friends on this Palentine's day. Uh, there is one guy that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet because he's not a Calgary flame. He is a Montreal Canadian, but uh, Tyler Toffoli is tied for second in the NHL in goals right now with Brock Besser. Uh, he has 10 goals and eight of those goals have come in six games against the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> I genuinely love Calgary Flame, Tyler DeFoley. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Um, There are a few things I love about this, but I think it really all just starts at the title of the article, which is Canucks GM Jim Benning, quote, kind of ran out of time, couldn't move money to keep Tyler DeFoley. So I'm just going to briefly read a few paragraphs from this for you guys, because I still can't believe the quotes that media guys are able to get out of Jim Benning after seven years in the league. Like, remember when uh, there was a story that Botch wrote or talked about, like back in back around the time that he got fined for tampering for being like, yeah, I want to sign Steven Stamkos <laughs> or whatever. Or yeah, I want to trade that for PK Subban. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, but there was a story that uh, he told about like um, some kid or some fan or whatever came up to him uh, around the time of, of the draft and like started talking to him about the draft. And Jim just like opened up his briefcase and like started talking to him about the draft and like the kind of stuff that they were thinking about and the kind of players they wanted to target or whatever. So oh, this you is, know, this, kind of stuff we're yeah. talking about. This is, uh, should I read all the gym quotes in my gym betting voice? <laughs> read at least one. Okay. Just one. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is the talk of more than one town. In Montreal, the winger is being hailed as a key cog in driving the retooled and rejuvenated Canadians to the top of the North Division with a franchise record scoring outburst against his former club. <sighs> In Vancouver, he's been being remembered as the one who got away in free agency and who has torched the Canucks for eight goals in five meetings with four more to come on the schedule to deliver more remember me daggers. How many uh, goals do you think Tyler Toffoli is going to have against the Canucks by the end of the season? Four more games. Uh, Did we already play one of those? So it might be three now. I think it's three more games. Okay. I think he'll get like three more. I'll go five. I'd say five. He has eight. Right now, I'm. I'll say he in those three games. I'll just round it up to an even ten. He'll finish the season with ten against the Canucks. That regression's going to happen, but I think he's still going to torch them for a couple more. Yeah. 
How did Toffoli escape in his prime to sign a four-year, $17 million contract with the Canadians on the fourth day of free agency at a very palatable $4.25 million annual salary cap hit? Was there not a way in the offseason to move the confounding Jake Vertanen for a draft pick and apply his $2.55 million cap in a new two-year deal to a Toffoli situation? Was there not a way to also trade depth defenseman Jordy Ben back to Montreal for a pick and add his $2 million hit to Jake Vertanen's hit and come up with a cap figure to satisfy Toffoli? Canucks general manager Jim Benning said Wednesday that he had to address pressing priorities because his club could score but needed to defend better and not force goalies to steal games. You would know something about that, Neil. Um, uh, no idea. <laughs> pending free agents Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev were not going to get money in term here. Benning had to focus on the net first and landed Braden Holtby in free agency and then brokered a trade for Nate Schmidt before signing free agent Travis Hamanek to a one-year deal before the start of the season. Here's the, the money quote here. Benning also wanted to keep Toffoli. It was our intention to try and get him signed, and if we could have had a little more time, we could have tried to work through that, Benning said Wednesday. It got to a point where I know Tyler wanted to come back and we were trying to figure it out. We kind of ran out of time with him getting offers and one he needed to take. We would have had to move money out. So this is incredibly fucking embarrassing. I still can't believe that, like, it's one thing for the Canucks to have a general manager that's bad, but it's another thing for them to, like, have a Canucks, have a general manager who make, somehow makes himself look worse every time he opens his mouth. Okay, sorry, can I interject there for a second? Please, yeah. I, I, I wanted to defend Jim Benning a little bit because I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, <laughs> there's, so there's like a little bit of a premise in that article that I, I, I kind of think that it just gets glanced over sure. a little bit. Uh, I, he's like, why don't you trade... In, in uh, fairness, for I, I, no, I let, him, let him finish his point. Okay. Like, why don't you trade Jake for Cannon and Jordy Ben? And then like you have that cast space to sign Tyler Toffoli, which is like, yeah, that's a great idea. But like, uh, how easy is it to trade those guys, especially in like a flat cap? And you know what I mean? Like it's absolutely, I think everyone kind of understands who these guys are right now. Like there's, I, there, you know, there's, there's dumb GMs out there and yeah, you can make a Vertanen trade. But like, I don't see how you do that trade and like free up the cap space to sign Toffoli in the same, in the same yeah. move. Right? I in yeah. in fairness, so in fairness, uh, I didn't read the entire article, and Ben Kuzma does bring up that like trading those guys um, is perhaps easier said than done. And uh, it's not practical to expect the Canucks to just walk away from Jake Vertanen. Yeah, and that's that, like you can make yeah. the argument for it, and maybe that's the right choice, especially if it's him or Toffoli. But like you cannot expect a team to walk away oh, from and an imagine so, to walk away from their first, like first round draft pick. Absolutely. Yeah, and all, and get, you should do that all the time and they never did. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, but the, but it, in fairness, like if they had done that, if they had just walked away from him, so many of the people that are roasting them right now for not doing that would have roasted them for doing it at the time. How do you let an 18 goal scorer walk away after a season like this? Blah, 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 right? Like maybe not all of the same people, but I don't think that they would have escaped uh, the Jake Vertanen situation unscathed just by walking away. Now, at the same time, before he has a deal, they probably could have traded him and they definitely should have. Uh, Jordy Ben, on the other hand, like, I don't know if that's as easy as as Kuz makes it sounds but sound Wait, what's he's sorry that he has like 2.5 on his contract two. or whatever two okay yeah 
Yeah, like no no team has cap space right now. Like except for, you know, I guess you could try Ottawa or whatever, but not for a two million dollar uh seventh defenseman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh at the I mean to me the the real like the real thing to keep in mind is just that screenshot I tweeted out of Brandon Sutter and Louis Erickson with Jacob Markstrom and Tyler Toffoli next to each other. And it's the same amount of money, except Brandon Sutter makes sure. uh 0.10 K more than Toffoli does <laughs> um, where it's, it's like, honestly, they haven't, they haven't navigated their, uh, their sap, their salary cap problems this year, like that poorly. They've actually done a reasonably okay job. They have kind of tried to replace Markstrom by committee and their replacements aren't quite as good, but like, it's a pretty probably, high bar. Yeah, it's it's a high bar. Um, they like managed to get a very well, like at least one very good NHL defenseman in to make up for the good NHL defenseman that they lost. And they didn't throw a ton of money at anybody. But the problem is just that like you made really, really, really obvious mistakes that everyone knew were mistakes right at the time, except for like you know, the like 15 guys on Arcanucks that all get paid by the Aquilini family to, <laughs> you know, post nice things about them or whatever. Um, all related to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, everybody could see how, how stupid it was going to be and that it was going to cost them during this, uh, this point in their competitive window. And, you know, now they don't have those players and we're talking about them as the ones that got away on Palentine's day. There's something there's something about how I keep thinking about Westbrook here. There's something about how people talk about like American Empire and how like 50 years ago the guys who are in charge of it were like much less bumbling fools about it. Yes. Um and now you you have guys who like went to the same schools as those guys that were trained in the same way but are still like just bumbling idiots about it still and just to see like like wise broad you have this like cia agent guy who's like the agm of the canucks and but look at the state of the canucks yeah like, like it's still a it's still a trash fire and these obvious mistakes get made like you'd think that a man of his caliber would be able to control this kind of thing i'm not even talking about the trades but to control the messaging yeah it's, it's, reference comes through again exactly yeah <laughs> exactly it's, it's astonishing yeah. how bad the canucks are at pr for, for like most of the time they get some easy wins in but almost always when they get good pr it's just like one guy from the team just speaking out you know, like travis green just being like oh it's really sad to see what happened at 10 40 like yeah i spend time with those guys every day and uh you know, like I like to, I consider them peers and, you know, we're in the trenches together and I hate to see people lose their jobs or whatever, but it's like mm -hmm. the PR department didn't tell him to say that he just yeah. said it. And then people pick, picked it up. Like yeah. whenever the Canucks are in charge of getting their own message out, they always seem like they have no idea what people are talking about or how people talk it. Like the, sometimes the messaging that comes out of the Canucks PR department, or even just, at last night francesco aquilini's twitter account always feels like it's coming from a person who has never met another human being <laughs> yeah yeah um i i know uh Flug wouldn't recognize the name probably but do you know who tc carling was just off chance uh yeah i do 
But yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah, our PR, like basically the guy who ran PR since like 2004, uh, he's technically been with the team, was with the team from 1999, but he left in 2018. And I'm curious if that was a huge, like, uh, like, I don't know if that was around the time that Lyndon left and there was all this weird, like internal stuff that Wisebrod apparently almost got fired and did something weird to get the job back. I don't know all these details, yeah. but it really does feel like there's a significant downturn in Canucks PR since TC. Yeah, that's fair. Do you know when he left? It's 2018 is when he left. 2018. Yeah. But it was already bad. Though. Yeah, it was already like, yeah, bad for sure. It was very bad. Um, It was very bad, like kind of leading sort of end of the Gillis era, but particularly when Benning took over. But, but it, it also kind of feels like the bottom has fallen out. Absolutely. No, that's, that's entirely true. So we st- we're still supposed to do voicemails. I think we're just going to have to leave those for next week because we're going sure. way over time. Like what's our, Oh yeah. We're doing? way over time. It's over an hour. Yeah. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so why don't we just as our sign off here, Vias, you know, people sure. in this market don't get a chance to back a winner very often. <laughs> um, we've spent all day uh, talking about, a bunch of, you know, sad friends who are gone off to greener pastures, winning somewhere else. But we have a winner right here in our hometown. <laughs> so uh, can you tell the listeners just before we sign off uh, the story of your um, triumphant victory in a dumpling eating contest? This is the only reason I'm on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much for the for the opener to that. Uh, so since i'd say like 2017 i've been really uh involved in chinatown vancouver chinatown organizing um in a lot of different ways um and i worked at this one organization called the hua foundation for a summer in my, in my between first and second year of school um it was a really great time there and like it was kind of like the first community i really felt like i was a part of where i was like I knew everybody at that workplace and I knew everybody in the neighborhood too. Like I knew all the business owners. I knew like the old people who'd be coming in for lunch and stuff. Um, so they were, they, uh, they usually them with this other uh, magazine called Chinatown today, which I've also written pieces for. Um, well, they wanted to organize on very short notice, by the way, like I think they organized this within 10 days, this really big uh, Lunar Nears, uh celebration. And they, it was like a one and a half hour event. It was really well done. There was uh, synchronized lion dances that were going on on live feeds. Um, there was like these really awesome compilations of all these Kung Fu clubs who they can't practice martial arts together anymore. So there's all these like uh, vignettes of them doing it like with amazing backdrops and some in like these really cool underground parking garages and stuff. And, uh, but I was asked to be a part of the uh, dumpling eating competition. Um, <laughs> And I think this is probably going to they be really of- know what, where, what your area of expertise is going to be. <laughs> the funny thing that, is, I have a small appetite, you know, I'm glad that even you're like uh, more sort of because you're slumming it when you do the show with us. But I'm glad to see that, like some of your more, uh, you know, your activist friends and other people who know you more through that kind of work have also are also like, oh, Vias, what's he going to be good for? Oh, yeah, I know. Dumpling eating contest. <laughs> no disrespect either. That's no, no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Uh, yeah, I'll be so lucky. They also they also get so fucking confused when like my Twitter of like my <laughs> hockey Twitter 
yeah. and like my like imagine. queer bipoc act on yeah. activism like they're like who are all these weird white guys who who think you're funny <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah there's a dumpling eating competition me and like uh eight other folks from the community um we it was uh we had to have 30 dumplings like ready to go and we had two minutes uh which is not a lot of not a lot of time um and i decided to do mine out in the snow right outside of my room um and it was like really thick snow and right before we went out um the the guys who live upstairs were like oh that sounds awesome you guys are doing competition uh you should watch out for like uh the snow on the roof look looks ready to fall <laughs> i'm like ah, it hasn't fallen yet i'm sure it's fine <laughs> uh and so we sat right there and i and the the event started and there's all these politicians like doing their like uh congratulations on holding this event all these videos and i would just feel like seething angry seeing like these bc liberals and uh people i'm just like i fucking hate you i i wish i could turn my screen on and like just like throw middle fingers right the now. ghost of christy blatchford and, just being like wow this is so wonderful <laughs> yeah like my uh, bc liberal michael lee was on there and i really don't like him and i was like i gotta do something and so me and my roommate we really quickly made a sign that just said hands off 10 cities and defund the police <laughs> awesome. the wall, that rocks Sat there with the uh, 30 dumplings and i just assumed people were going to take it seriously um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I, is, i'm disappointed I, in the inference that you didn't <laughs> well i <laughs> i mean it's an eating competition i wanted to i just thought there was going to be shooters there you know <laughs> yeah absolutely no i would have taken it seriously too and i was like well I don't want to. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do this Kobayashi method. Yes. I'm going to yeah. like the hot dog eating champion who I think has died. <laughs> I don't know Possibly, what happened. Yeah. But, of a hot dog related injury. <laughs> <laughs> we, who, who can, who, who's to say? Um, and so, yeah, I just had a big cup of water that was shaped like a football um, that we just have here for some reason. And yeah, I just hand dipped it and went to town on it. Other people, I'm sorry, but they're like using chopsticks and like, oh, che- come like on. chewing yeah. them the oh, whole way steak. through. And I'm I'm just like, I might choke on this. Like I have to sign a liability for her. <laughs> 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 oh, like, I don't care. I have two witnesses. Um, and yeah, I just went to town and man, the crowd was going wild in the chat. It was great. And uh, in the middle of eating, like at the one minute mark, the snow fell. And there is video out there. I'm going to try to get it. Uh, but a huge pile of snow on top of my dumplings. It was It was like, I went through some adversity during it. I had to pick away the snow. Um, <laughs> um, and I will say, by the way, the water method, it, it, it works. If you ever have a de- eating competition, make sure you use water. It dissolves it so quickly. But uh, yeah, at the end, I was the last one announced with the number. And I thought, I thought I, I really thought somebody was going to come out ahead. And no, I was out. I, I ate 12 dumplings in two minutes um and they're pretty big ones um and good, the next yeah. person had like seven so wow each you hit, shredded the each hit chinatown wow. <laughs> well can i can i say but but wait, really really quickly i also just oh, yeah. want to do a shout out um it's the fundraiser for uh the yarrow intergenerational society it's this really cool downtown east side chinatown org uh they do a lot of language and health justice for seniors and youth in chinatown um, really big thing that they do is interpretation for healthcare for a lot of them because uh, they are absolutely fucked by the healthcare system. So that's a huge thing they do. Uh, I think it's like the best uh, Chinatown org there is. Um, uh, I like love Hua Foundation too, but Yarrow is like very direct service. Um, mm-hmm. And their link is uh, www.yarrowsociety.ca. Uh, and 
forward slash donate. So and we'll really, have all that in the yeah. episode description link. I, I, I send it to me after the show. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so you just gave that beautiful description and you have the, <laughs> the altruistic reason for doing it at the end. But then when I was following this yesterday, because you were like live tweeting it as one yeah. does. And yeah. The only phrase I remember was drunk on dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> if, I was full of oil, man. If that is yeah, not when that sodium hits, whew, oh, man. If this is not the perfect like encapsulation of who like the Asaran is, is <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah, Beautiful. I just started texting exes, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you up, you hungry? Um, I got these dumplings. All right. On that note, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Failson McDonald. You can follow me at Vyas Saran. You can follow me at Moose Kayak. You can follow me at Book of... Oh, no, sorry. That's not... <laughs> it, it looks real. That's right. And um, if you could take a minute to plug the Scorch Stack, yeah, Scorch Stack yeah. as well. Um, uh, yes. Uh, you can follow us at the Scorch Stack. It's just the uh, uh, sub stack that a bunch of us have created. Uh Everyone is calling it the defector media of Calgary sports. Yeah, I don't know why they keep saying that. I'm like, no, don't call us that. But they're like, no, you guys are the defector media of <laughs> Calgary sports. And I'm like, okay, fine. And fine. then they're like, okay, yeah. So you can subscribe. Just go to uh, the Scorch Stack on Twitter, and you can subscribe there. We we uh, we post once a week, and we have uh, Flames Insider. Legend of the industry. This is not going to make sense to anyone in Vancouver, but if you're in Calgary listening to this, uh, we have Flames legend, uh, definitely not a parody, Francis Erickson <laughs> writing for us, uh, and Roger Billions from time to time. Oh, uh, that and, is uh, that is wonderful. Definitely, definitely not ghost written by anyone. Nope, um, nope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's all real. Roger Billions. Did you say Roger Billions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Billions. Yeah. Yeah. Any. <laughs> Any resemblance to any other Calgary broadcasting figures is purely coincidental. <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, we, don't, we need someone out there to talk about how um, the Edmonton Eskimos and the Cleveland Indians and changing all those names is just virtual signaling by woke white liberals. Absolutely. I like um, how uh, and he's right. Who, who can disagree? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one more thing, uh, Free Ramina Schlaw, yes, uh, the Twitter please. machine caught her. Yep. I, I don't know what that's like. That's that's a completely foreign experience for someone like me. But <laughs> yeah, um, friend of the show. Very, yeah, very, yeah, friend and former. Guest. It's um, it's 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 literally a, a silencing of WOC in, Absolutely. in sports media, and I won't stand for it. I I saw I did see Romina uh, get silenced once already, and I was yes. very upset about it. Yeah. So I'm I'm doubly upset about it today. And while also while we're on the topic of uh, things you can subscribe to. You can also find uh, our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. You get one Heritage Minute per month, uh, which is, we call it a minute, but it's really a full-length episode on a moment from Canucks history. And uh, I have a feeling you'll be getting some outtakes from this episode as well uh, in the near future. So stay tuned for that. There was a bunch of other stuff that we wanted to talk about this week, but I guess you might say that we just kind of ran out of time. So um, thanks for listening. And uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but uh, send your hate mail to at bell on Twitter. Time to go. Walking out for love. I'm walking out really down in a cool breeze. I'm 
This girl won't wait for the out of time, out of time, man. 